talking about today today we're talking about coming out at work Mm -hmm. and actually exposing yourself for who you are what you struggle with um or and i swear we're not going to make sexual windows (laughs) the entire time yeah and actually (laughs) i don't appreciate sexual jokes in the workplace makes me feel uncomfortable now that we've talked about it you need to shut the hell up (laughs) (laughs) okay moving on so what are some things to consider when, well, actually, let's just kind of set the preface. What are we even talking about when we're talking about coming out at work? <laughs> I don't know if it's self-explanatory. Coming out as an ADHDer to your boss, coworkers, or really anyone else, could be even friends, but we're going to just say someone important in your life mm-hmm. coming out. Yes. It's interesting because with a lot of my friends, most of my life I was in the closet you were i didn't tell them and did they know do you think they knew you they were adhd knew. it's funny because when i tell people who have known me a long time and i'm just like did you know i have adhd like i just found out like three years ago they're like yeah i always knew there was something different about you but they didn't know that it was adhd right but i think the important thing is is that people have if they're your friend they have already accepted you for who you are mm-hmm. and there's a level of trust there there's a level of trust yeah and I think it's it's deciding whether or not you want to put a label on what it is they've already accepted or not. Mm. Okay. Yeah. But at work, that's it seems like that'd be a different kind of dynamic there, right? Yeah. So you don't already have that relationship. You don't uh-huh. have that level of trust. True. Especially if you just started. So do you think like people should uh, tell their boss or come out? Yeah, it's going to be a no from me, dog. No. It's a no from me. All across the board. And I'll tell you why. It's just a no for me. And I'll tell you why. And it's because what good could happen from it? Pretty much the only thing that could happen from it that's good is that you might be able to get accommodations. But those accommodations you could get without admitting or labeling yourself as ADHD. The only thing that could happen that's bad... I mean, lots of bad things could happen. People could stigmatize you, label you, reduce you to your struggle, explain your behavior um, through your ADHD and see you through this negative lens because it's really misunderstood in society today. Do you get what I'm saying? Yeah, there's a lot of stigma behind it. Yeah, there is. So uh, yeah, that societal stigma is definitely going to come up in whatever they think of ADHDers and most bosses do. Yeah either know what ADHD is or at least have some impression of what it means. Mm -hmm. And usually it's not a very positive impression. Yeah. But I don't know. I'm kind of like, I'm on the fence here. I would actually say like there are instances where you should Mm. come out as ADHD. What are some times you think you should? I, I think like there are times when your job may be where you can anticipate already that your performance is lagging you could see that maybe um, if it continues the way it is, that mm-hmm. you're going to have a performance review or maybe even get fired. And if you don't come out, yeah. you don't have any of those protections that you have from the Americans with Disabilities Act. And yeah. 
maybe they already know that you have ADHD. Yeah. Cause you said like, Oh, my friends, when I came out to them, they already knew they're like, Oh yeah, we knew we've known that. But maybe your boss is like, I've known that. Like I could tell from day one. (laughs) (laughs) There's something different about you. Um, It's interesting though, because a lot of people are like, I I had no idea. Cause, and I think that's the curse of the high functioning ADHD -er. because there's so many times where I've tried to explain to somebody that something's hard for me and they're just like, I seriously doubt that. (laughs) And honestly, it's made me doubt myself. Sometimes I'm like, is it just me? Am I making this up? Is this not hard? Am I faking? (laughs) Like, I literally don't believe myself because I haven't been believed so often, you know? Mm -hmm. So yeah, I think I, I am a high functioning ADHD -er and that complicates it a bit because some people will be like, if they know how silly I am, they're like, yeah, you're crazy girl. But (laughs) if they don't know that side of me, then they'll be like, yeah, I just had no clue something to think about. Well, what, what separates like a high function ADHD in the workplace versus someone that, that isn't oh, as high functioning? Sure. Yeah. That's a good question. I don't know. Like what, what do you consider that you do that's higher functioning? I'm just curious about that. I don't know. I've been called it twice by two different people. So I've just decided that's what I am. <laughs> <laughs> two different professionals. <laughs> um, like that sounds good. I, yeah. I think I am functioning mostly. <laughs> I function at a higher level than um, most of you. <laughs> mortal ADHD. Average ADHD is out there. That's no, why I think, we have a podcast. <laughs> that's why I'm <laughs> podcasting. No, I think it's because I spent most of my life unmedicated and I got by just fine. Obviously, there were struggles, but I, you know, it's way easier now with medication and with tools. But, you know, I think it's because I've spent most of my life on it. Un- medicated and wasn't educated Uh, (laughs) that I think I would qualify but there are some people who have been on medication since they were a kid who are really high functioning now because they've learned all of the things so I wouldn't say that's what this differentiates what would you say it is I mean I would say high functioning ADHD is someone who's developed a lot of good coping mechanisms and adopted structures tools supports strategies in their lives that help them actually be able to perform irregardless of their ADHD. That's a good definition, but I would have to disagree. (laughs) (laughs) I'm just kidding. I don't fully disagree, but don't you think there's like some genetic part about it? Because on the autism spectrum disorder, you know, I kind of think ADHD is on a spectrum. Mm -hmm. So there's like the one spectrum where it affects, you know, it affects different people differently. Yeah. Just with autism, like if you met one person with autism, you met one person with autism. That is it. Like a lot of times it doesn't correlate, but with ADHD, yeah, again, people are affected differently. Um, but you know, yeah, that's that's a good point. You I could mean, be like just higher on the functioning versus the struggling. Yeah, I mean, I do think there might be a spectrum, but it's is it deterministic, right? Is it that's do you, true. like so? Okay, you were born with, you know raging ADHD let's say (laughs) and um raging and there's like I think some people are are more intelligent or have certain abilities or natural skills and abilities compensations so I mean but all of these things can change they can fluctuate right you can dedicate yourself to something for sure and make improvements so I don't I'm hesitant to like say that anyone's stuck like mm-hmm. if, if you see yourself as, oh, well, I must be a lower functioning ADHD because I've been 
fired multiple times or I've, you know. Oh yeah. I've been fired multiple times. <laughs> I still consider myself. So she still considers herself high functioning <laughs> ADHD. It, so I, it was a mutual breakup. <laughs> it was mutual. So wait, I'm curious uh, okay. about, about the, the firing stuff. Like, did you, in any of those situations, reveal mm-hmm. to them? There was a time where I knew I was about to be fired and I was like, Oh, I got to tell them. <laughs> so I did. And this was, we talked about once. Um, it's a good idea. If you're going to decide to disclose to somebody, you ask some qualifying questions to see if they're the kind of person who would be empathetic, who would take that well. And I had no choice but to tell the one manager who doesn't have like a drop of empathy in his body. So he just literally dismissed it. And he was like, doesn't matter you should be able to do this without that accommodation that you're asking for and Mm. my accommodation was i was asking for more time to learn the menu when i was serving oh this is a restaurant job okay yeah yeah and it's because you know like there's that learning curve with adhd and i part of me you know i'll go ahead and take responsibility part of it isn't my adhd part of it was i wasn't completely devoted to working at this restaurant (laughs) yeah But then part of it was that I was needing to make money. So I was needing to make tips. So what I learned first was how to actually do the like practical functions of the job Mm -hmm. to make good tips, all that stuff. But when I would just kind of avoid the questions around the menu, like I just pointed out and I'd read them the section. I knew where everything was. I couldn't talk about it off the top of my head. Mm -hmm. So that was what got me in that situation in the first place but yeah so i when i did disclose disclose i didn't go into the things that you suggested which are what are they about the reasons to disclose um the way to do it like the appropriate way to do it because like mine was kind of more of like a afterthought excuse if i'm i think it sounded like an excuse to him and so it didn't really do it much for me. So oh, right. can you kind of go into what would be the best way to disclose at work? Like if you were to do that. Yeah, I think so being on the side of disclosing, like whether it's that you're in a situation where you need to actually say, hey, I, I, I really need some kind of accommodations and I don't, I'm worried that they're going to fire me or there's going to be negative consequences if I don't tell them that I'm ADHD. Uh, some of the things you might, or ways that you might want to say this is like, um, well, my learning style, like you don't want to seem negative. You don't want to be like, poor me, like a victim or say it in some way that is like, you can't change it. Like it's immutable quality. Like you're Mm -hmm. making an excuse and it's like, well, I just can't do that. I don't do that this way. Or that's not in my power to like, that's not going to fly. So you want to say it more along the lines. And this also goes for school too. So if you're listening, like, you, if you're like in a college student or something, right, then uh, th- this could like carry over into the classroom too. Like how do you tell your teacher or professor um, that you'd want extra time or something? But okay, so back to the job. Yeah. Like I think <clears throat> you actually want to say it in a way that's positive. Like, yeah. so my learning style is this. My learning style. Yeah. Or this works best for me. When this I works best. have uh when I write, when I take notes like this, when I write everything down, that's mm-hmm. how I can remember things best. Yeah. Or, Hey, can you send a follow-up email to me? So I really make sure that I 
have all of those points because you just listed 10 really important things and I want to make sure that I capture all of those because I want to do a really good job here. Yeah. And it's so crazy if you think about it, you're like asking someone, can you follow up and repeat all those things you just said in writing? Yeah. I mean, it may seem like extra work. Amazing. <laughs> um, but, but if you, it, or yeah. what you could do if you want to take the work on yourself yeah. is, okay, I think I got all 10 of those things. I'm taking notes. Uh, can I send you an email just to double check that yes. I captured everything? And if I'm missing anything, let me know. Cause I think I got them all here. Mm-hmm. And then that might be like less work for them. Yes. Okay. Yes. And that honestly just gave me a flashback to like being in elementary school and needing to do that because I would like hear that we have like five things to do. And I would remember like the first one and then all the other things would go out the window and I'd be like with my classmates, I'd be like, what were the other things we had to do? <laughs> hey, did you hear that? <laughs> and, and then, or I'd have to go back to my teacher and be like, um, what's next? And she was just like, she's not listening to me. But yeah, I think if you're taking notes and then you're like, Hey, I, I took notes on the things, the actionable items. I got one and two, this and this. What else were there? It makes you kind of sound a little smarter mm-hmm. than coming back to them all the time with those like, what am I doing now? Mm-hmm. <laughs> exactly. You want to act proactive. You want to seem like you really are invested, care. And that's the reason why you're asking for whatever it is. Mm-hmm. You know, so let's say the you're just The reason why you're asking isn't because you are less than your yes it is because you are invested yes it's a different attitude mm-hmm. and it's a more attractive attitude to the neurotypical brain <laughs> <laughs> we are telling you how to trick those neurotypicals <laughs> into seeing you as valuable <laughs> and appreciating you into the microphone <laughs> okay first of all you are valuable yes you are but to trick them into See, it's recognizing the value. Recognizing yes. the value. Yes. <laughs> yes. So, so, like, okay, if you get distracted, like, okay, an open concept office, like, especially people are in like tech or a lot of yeah. modern oh workplaces. Yes. They so, have these open yes. concepts, right? And I had this client recently. You know, his you know his desk is like in the middle of like everyone else's desk. He works with his team. He's in the tech industry, and that's like an ADHD year's nightmare because if you have to focus on something that takes intense focus and you're a distractible person. And now, now you have like no escape. You're kind of like thrown into this lion's den. (laughs) (laughs) Every person who walks by, you're like, that's me like aggressively turning my head to look. What is it? (laughs) Because, because you see even out of your peripheral, you're like, Oh shoot, someone got up. Oh, and then you hear someone tapping or you hear someone on the phone or, any other sound that you can't tune out that those neurotypical folks might be like, well, that doesn't bother me. I, you know, I can focus. Mm-hmm. Oh my gosh. This is a little off topic, but kind of on topic. So <laughs> I've, I, it really bothers me when people um, just go ahead and make up stories about my symptoms and they decide that it's because like, oh, you're so immature. You're all about instant gratification. You always stop to do like whatever interests you the most or whatever. And it's like, this is not about instant gratification as much as it is about my attention literally just went there and I, that's where it went. Bye. Like, yeah, you're like a little bit, they're not seeing their ableism that they, they're kind of projecting that situation to be like, okay, cool for you. Your brain goes exactly to the important subject in front of you at any given point. Mm-hmm. That's just like a different way of being. Well, people, I think that that's way. on topic because people, 
whether it's a boss or a coworker, people make assumptions. If they don't see it as ADHD, mm-hmm. they might assume something else. Yeah. That's where it could be beneficial maybe to share in some circumstances, because if they're thinking, oh, Abby's just being lazy, she's not, um, she always turns these things in late or she's rushing to the last minute, or I always see her staring out the window instead of, or surfing the web when she should be doing the research on something. <laughs> Or getting distracted right now. No. <laughs> um, I'm trying to remember because I wanted to make this comment. Do you remember like, so the ADHD mind is wired for interest, mm-hmm. whereas the neurotypicals mind is wired for importance. And that is a huge thing because there's interest and then there's like four subcategories that can spark that attention. Do you know what they are? Or should I continue Googling? <laughs> well, I, so, I mean, in terms of motivation, yeah. which I think also is like how directed attention at yeah. something, um, it's, it's interest, importance, and urgency Yes, are the ones. I think there's a fourth. I don't know the fourth. Interest, importance, urgency. I think Ordained that, by God. Uh, interest, yeah. importance, urgency, and the last one is challenge. Like how, if it's hard, if it's difficult. Challenge. Dif- like you can get your huh. brain to engage when it's difficult and no need. That is a good one. To Google. I really like that. Awesome. Okay. <laughs> we did it together. Cool. Um, Two ADHD brains are more powerful than one. Okay. Back to this topic though. Yeah. So, I mean, this really applies because if you're struggling to focus at work, maybe you can think about how can I make this more interesting, more challenging, more... What are the other two? <laughs> more challenging or urgent more urgent more important or i don't know if important it, i think it is i mean still it may not be as strong right? oh i think the the word you're looking for is like uh and not so much importance but like urgent urgency mm-hmm. did we already say that one? yeah we already said that Fire. but that's okay okay i can't remember anyways so the this is gonna really bug me but the the neurotypical mind it's like okay it's important gotta get it done gonna get it done our brains are a little different and you might have to find a way to make your task fun to keep your attention on it Mm -hmm. or something you said earlier which was intermediate deadlines that makes it more urgent yeah so here i'll give you an example like let's say you're asking the boss but you don't want to disclose your ADHD exactly you could say i just want to i really want to make sure that I get that project to you by Friday and it's the, you know, we don't have to make any uh, changes or I, you know, I want to deliver it to you in the best way possible or, you know, however you're going to say that. Mm-hmm. And then you're going to be like, so can I set up a quick meeting with you Thursday or Wednesday so that I have some time beforehand to um, run some things by you just, you know, five minutes, 10 minutes to, to run the project by you. And just make sure I'm, I'm on the right track before I finalize everything. Something yeah. like that. So it's like, it, it seems like it's a productive step. It doesn't seem like it's extra work. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, that's another deadline that you're setting for yourself. You're building in. So, if you miss that deadline, you have a little bit of a break. It's not as yeah. much as you missed your real deadline. It's like, you missed our little five-minute meeting chat. <laughs> yeah, it's not, it's not like you just say, okay, Friday, that's fine. I'll have it all done completely done all 10 things you just asked which i barely heard and i wrote down eight of them i'll have that to you by friday yes sir like because yeah. is that realistic can you say oh wednesday i wrote all these things down i'm going to send you an email to follow up and also by by wednesday is it okay if i just run 
over quickly. We go over mm -hmm. this for five, 10 minutes and you can see if I'm on the right track before Friday's meeting. Yeah. And then say your boss like doesn't have time for that. Mm -hmm. You could always enlist a friendly coworker. Yes. And you're just like, hey, That's true. that girl who's like always smiling, Sally, Sally at the front Sally, desk. She's always smiling. <laughs> and you're just like, oh my God, Sally, hi, can I ask you for a favor? And she's like, yeah, of course. Like she's one of those people yes, who just like I loves love to help. To help. Yeah. I would love to. You want to get coffee loves Wednesday morning? And I'll Seriously. No, we don't have to get coffee outside of work. Jeez. <laughs> I was just going to ask in her. Work, she... In the office. Some oh. places have, you know, coffee. Yeah, yeah. Makers or... I was just break gonna, rooms. I don't know. Well, I was just going to ask you, Sally, if you could uh, check in with me really quick about what I'm working on and just. I'd be happy to. Oh my God. I'd thank love you. to. Yay. <laughs> wow. Okay, Sally, I'm going to need you to tone it down. <laughs> um, I'm coming out though. I'm so excited. <laughs> oh, I also read that it's like <laughs> coming out at work. I also read that it's like kind of a fun thing to have like somebody at work check in with you to make sure you're on task every now and then mm -hmm. like once an hour an accountability it's like an, an attention accountability partner. partner yeah that's kind of fun yeah because you know because here's the thing i've had somebody do this they used to like had a little office and then so they'd step in every now and then but the fact that you know they could come in any minute makes you want to like focus mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah or if they're checking in on you at certain points and yeah because I've had the opposite problem of the distracting work environment. I've had the problem where you're like so isolated that there's no stimulation and you just kind of like you get bored, get over-focused, mm -hmm. get stuck in that mind trap of a... Do you ever get... You know how we do the hyper-focus thing? Mm -hmm. Yes. Do you ever get into the non-productive hyper-focus? Yes. yes <laughs> that has happened. The, face, the look on your face <laughs> is just like... Yesterday. <laughs> I'm trying to think, yes. Or maybe it was today when we were setting up the cameras. Twice a day, yeah. When it took us two hours to move the camera around. Oh my god. Yeah. Okay, so and it's still a little blurry. You gotta you gotta <laughs> lean into let's get it to focus. Yep, there we go. And if anyone is if it's not focused on your end, you're just not focusing hard enough, people. That's mm, what it is. Focus. We're gonna blame Why you. Why are you not focusing? <laughs> can you it not can focus on because of end? your ADHD? <laughs> Okay. This is all for people that are watching on YouTube, by the way. If you're listening to the podcast, you're like, what are they talking about? Focus on what? Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. We have videos on YouTube, too. Just plug that. Okay. Mm -hmm. Back so, to the topic at hand. Okay, so what are some other things to consider? Why do you think that I should come out at work? So, one hand, I mean, it's a point of pride, right? I mean, I think a lot of people would say, okay, if I tell people I have ADHD, they're going to judge me. And that may be true, but also you don't know. They may actually relate to it. They may say, oh, my, you know, I have ADHD. Or they may say, my son has ADHD. My daughter has ADHD. My husband has ADHD. And you never know. Like if you can gauge their level of empathy and acceptance, they might actually like respect you more for being vulnerable and disclosing something that's hard. Yes. Because then they wouldn't judge you as much. I mean, I, at least that's how I would be. If someone disclosed and said, hey, you know, I have, I have this uh, vision impairment and I need to uh, sit closer when we have our meetings, I wouldn't be like, oh, well, what's wrong with you? You know, like yeah. everyone else can see just fine. I mean, I would, I'd be like, oh, thank you for letting us know. Like, we'll make sure to help you. because." 
-hmm. with the ADA, the Americans with Disabilities Act, the employer is required to provide reasonable account accommodations yeah. to the employee. So if you disclose it, they have to allow within reason something that doesn't cost a whole bunch of money, but they have to allow within reason you to have some sort of accommodations yeah. to be able to do your job. Interesting. Interesting. All good points. I'm going to counter that. Okay. And I'm going to attack <laughs> because here's the thing is if it were as simple as comparing it to like vision, mm -hmm. people do automatically be like, Oh my gosh, your eyes are broken. I'm so sorry for you. You know? And that like makes sense to them or whatever. Like you're sick, you have cancer, cancer's bad. No, but when it's your brain, people tend to be like, you're bad, mm. you know? Because people don't understand how to divide something that's happening in the brain from the person, whereas something that's happening in a eyeball or a limb, that's like, for some reason, people have an easier time. It's the stigma of mental health, right? Mm -hmm. So I know what you're going to say back, which is that if we were to share more often, then maybe we could reduce, the, reduce stigma. the stigma. I yes. knew you're going to say that. <laughs> But that's and the, the more thing. awesome it's, people that come out and say, yeah. I'm ADHD. True. Look at me. True. I, but that's my, that's my point is I think you do have to kind of be awesome. You have to already be awesome in your own right. You have to have some success behind you before you put yourself in that vulnerable position to be judged because it is vulnerable. And maybe you did just start. Maybe you haven't earned any respect. Maybe these are new skills for you altogether and you won't get good at them anytime soon <laughs> that's my that's my fear you guys but anyways um yeah so those are my reasons for like not coming out because well, but guess what, Abby? you are legally protected like this you is said. on gonna be on youtube so every employer you have from here on <laughs> google out is gonna name. google you and they're gonna see this so right. well problem solved it's time to out. step up to the plate <laughs> hate to break it to you i've already decided that i have to work for myself <laughs> anyways so it's gonna be me googling myself <laughs> should i hire myself uh okay all right that took a weird turn <laughs> what else do we got um okay so basically understand if you come out at, at work no matter who you tell even if you tell like the most compassionate person just kind of understand that everyone at work is going to know. Mm -hmm. Am I right or am I right? Yeah, you're right. Everybody <laughs> will know. There's Everyone's a great time. Yeah, if you think, oh, yeah. a friendly coworker next to me, if I just say, oh, yeah, hey, Sally, you know, because uh, it's always Sally, right? But no, um, no, 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 no. Yeah, it was Sally who was nice. <laughs> yes, yes, Sally in the same example. But Sally loves to talk too she will tell everybody okay rude your you're business. like really stigmatizing sally right now <laughs> like, <laughs> but <go on. laughs> she's very helpful but she talks no let's just let's not blame sally and the fact is in, in work people are around people who like don't know shit about each other so they try to relate by talking about the only thing that they have in common which is the other people at work yeah and they like to talk about the drama too yeah yeah, yeah exactly uh people like drama whatever okay i'll give you that Okay, so I don't think it was in that's one nature. of the dangers of coming out of work is having that yeah. workplace drama come yeah. back to bite you. You think you told someone in confidence, mm -hmm. and then all of a sudden, everyone knows, your boss knows, yeah, and they may judge you yes. based on it. Uh, I have a well, okay, hurtful example. Okay, go ahead. 
there's something to, to note here. We're talking a lot, a lot of the ADHD struggles, right? But mm-hmm. there are some strengths that I have just recently broke ground on this, but you, some of your strengths are so noticeable to other people that they're actually going to be jealous of you before they notice your weaknesses. Mm. And so then when they notice your weaknesses, it makes them want to bully you. Yeah. So in this specific example, uh, specific example, I worked with a human who uh, had caught the jealousy bug about me mm-hmm. and other coworkers would come to me and they'd be like, listen, this person's been talking about you. I, I just want you to know I still like you. Sometimes I let them talk shit about you, but it's clear that it's because they're jealous of you. And I'm just like, I don't know how to feel about this, but okay. Thanks for the info. Uh, moving forward. And I just kind of let this person, I dismissed it and I let this person just kind of like be rude to me because I was like, that's their issue. But obviously that snowballed, got out of control. And you know, so we were just talking about how office, go- um, office gossip happens. And she started pointing out my mistakes to my coworkers and coming up with a story mm. about it that I didn't care about my job, that mm. I was only in it for the paycheck or what that I was making more money than them or like all this crazy stuff. None of it was true. Um, but yeah, that it was like, yo, it's a true story. I would, I had to put in my password to get into the computer cause it was like a Navy job mm-hmm. and I would just impulsively put it in wrong. And obviously this was a full on mistake. I think you understand mm-hmm. when you put in the password wrong, uh, but it locks you out after two tries. That is so unforgiving. Anyways, so then she starts gossiping like, Hey, she's been doing that because she doesn't feel like working. And so when she gets locked out, then she doesn't have to do anything the rest of the day. So all this is circulating. And all of a sudden, all my other two coworkers stop liking me because they see it themselves. It's validating the story that she's already told them. And I just kind of feel isolated at work. And what it ended up coming down to is the person I did tell about my ADHD. This is a whole other job, but they, they were being confronted with all my mistakes without me in the room. And then that person was like, yeah, guys, you know, she has ADHD. So he literally threw me under the bus, making it seem like not, he thought he was standing up for me. He was like, you guys, here's the reason, you know, but what he really did was you guys, she's defective. He outed you. (laughs) Yeah. He outed me. He basically don't out your fellow ADHD (laughs) colleagues either. Yeah. Seriously. (laughs) But what is the difference between like, being outed or coming out i mean coming out you do it yourself right you're you're, you're owning that's it. your identity that you're owning yeah. it and you're i'm adc i'm proud i'm or i'm adc and i need some accommodations yeah to be able to function and and fit in here in this environment mm-hmm. so that is a good point and it brings us to the next point which is the space between um brene brown talks about owning <laughs> it there's a cool space in between owning it identifying it but rejecting being labeled by it and reduced by it so this is like any time that you're being vulnerable you know how Brene Brown and her studies of vulnerability um wait can we repeat that again just so I because I think that was really good let's yeah, just repeat that I will I would love to um okay so when we're talking about sharing our ADHD it's we're looking for that special space in between owning it, identifying it, but rejecting and being labeled by it and being reduced by it. So you're rejecting that. Anytime somebody tries to label rejecting or reducing Rejecting being you, labeled 
and reduced by it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When people try to label you or reduce you and explain your behavior through it, um, that's reductive and that is uh, uncalled for. It's like Mm. nobody wants to be defined by their hardest struggle. Mm -hmm. So if you speak out in confidence, in acceptance, in owning, in identifying, that's cool. You're not, you're not actually like defining yourself by that. You're owning it. Mm-hmm. And that's a power moment. Yeah. It's not all of but you. There's Just the because you have side. ADHD, yeah. it's not all of you. You're ADHD and you have yeah. all of these other attributes that, so in, in the moment, like the ADHD quality, like, mm-hmm. oh yes, I have an issue with maybe some time management or something, or yeah. I have some issues with um, following through on certain tests. But does that define you as a person as an incompetent worker or someone who's who's their ADHD so they're incompetent in all of their their job duties like yeah. no they it just means in this one area you're having some challenges yeah exactly it's it's as simple as like defining somebody by their biggest struggle like what mm-hmm. is it what's an example of a struggle that's like a little more understood by society i mean i would I would say something like weight. Right? I was going to say weight too, but I didn't want to like bring it up. Yeah. Cause it's it like, is. cause it's, it's like, it's okay, struggle. you have a coworker and if you said, oh, well, you know, Jim, he's overweight. So, um, you honestly, know, and that's never the word they use, but go on. Right. I'm just trying to be PC, <laughs> but, <laughs> but yeah. Yeah. And like, and it's, it's like that hurt, that's hurtful because here's the thing is Jim is so many more things than that one mm-hmm. outward appearance or that one physical trait like he's so much more and I think that's what is so hurtful is like that you know as a person you have these valiant moments you have these amazing powerful moments and your biggest struggle is the flip side when you feel small when you feel you know less than and you don't know what Jim's struggle is no one knows okay does Jim have a thyroid condition does he have you know some other kind of thing that prevents him from oh yeah being able to you know like control his weight the same way as everyone else yeah and like you may assume oh he's just or it could just be genetic yeah, and people are assuming that things. they have a health issue there's so yeah. many people who look different who look overweight who are very healthy yeah you know it's like yeah none of our business anywho well, that's a little bit off topic but really that's nobody wants to be just defined by their biggest struggle and um harriet lerner he said that she is it she yeah okay no one wants to be defined by their hardest struggle so i've said that multiple times but that's exactly where that quote comes from so i had to go ahead and say that um but yeah it's like oh okay so Brene brown let's just jump in what she said was that when you see somebody being defined you want to stand up for them you want to be the person who stands up for people because then that's the value you're putting out there if when you're Mm -hmm. being vulnerable good vibes to stick up for other people's vulnerabilities so it's like um so like for example Brene Brown has shared at times that she is has struggles with anxiety and if somebody's like oh I don't know where she went she must be having like an anxious episode I know she has anxiety it's kind of gossipy and bitchy but then you could be like you know what that's not my experience of her and I'm not comfortable with you using something she shared against her to explain her behavior. Like she shared that in a vulnerable moment. I am comfortable with what you're doing right now. 
Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Because like that's that's the call to action that she had in uh, one of her podcasts or a podcast that she spoke on. And um, I think that there's some power in us kind of doing that at work where it's like, yes. have you ever been that person who like sticks up for the person who's kind of getting like ripped at? Yeah. It's also a hard I think that's place also to be. My, <laughs> that's probably an ADHD issue that I've gotten in trouble for I know, at work. I is have like too. impulsively being like, don't talk about my coworker this way or like, yeah. or stand up for someone and speak out. Because, but yeah. then I get, sometimes I would become the target. Yeah. Cause then they're like, Oh, you're the new target. Bullies love that. It's be like, you know what? Switch targets. Like, cause <laughs> in a meeting. So I did this at work one time. Like okay. one of my coworkers was like, Oh man, I hate the way they structured this or they put the, um, the way they're, they're filling up the snack area. We used to do like meetings and they had this snack area and, our boss would tell us we had to go and buy the snacks daily. And I was like, I had this idea. I'm like, why don't we order them on Amazon and have them delivered so that we always have snacks and don't have to go oh. in, text her and say that it's empty today and then go out and get the snacks. Cause we weren't getting paid, paid to, to go, go run to the store and get the snacks. And it was taking a lot of time. So my coworker was like, this is so annoying. Like, and I said, well, I, I think we should bring this up in a meeting. And then she was like, yeah, we should do that. Like, if you, do, if you bring it up, I'll totally back you up. And I'm like, all right, I'm going to bring this up. And I did. And, and I in the meeting, I'm, I bring it up. I'm like, so I have this idea. And I then crickets. It's just like, do, do, do. Okay. <laughs> like, yeah. she did not stand up for me. And nor more than that she stood up to for like she actually threw me under the bus she was like oh my god she was like well i think all we need to do is just um text her like and i was like are you you, you okay just telling i have totally me. been in that situation where impulsively you're like yeah I'm going to stand up for everybody and I'm going to say this thing that needs to be said that mm-hmm. nobody else is brave enough to say, but I'm brave because that is one of our strengths. Mm-hmm. But then you realize honest. it's really not that important. The reason why people weren't saying anything is because it wasn't that important. Not that it wasn't that like brave. I don't know. Or, I don't know if that was your experience, but that's been mine. Yeah, or it's, or they know already that it's a hard topic and they didn't want to bring it up to themselves. Yeah. And they're like, because it's not a good look. It. Yeah, they want to see you, <laughs> you make a fool of yourself. Yeah. Oh my god. Uh, <clears throat> okay, so that's a really sad story, <laughs> but thank you for sharing. Um, but I think it brings us to another good point. Of why I am very. What did I say I was? High I'm, functioning. No, I'm on the con side. I am. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm very not pro <laughs> coming out. <laughs> what it. I am against coming out at work yes. and, and the reason she's in the closet <laughs> at work mm-hmm. with friends. I'm very out you guys. So, and you're mm-hmm. all my friends now. That's how it works. Anyways. So bullies, that's why, because if you come out, you're vulnerable to the bullies who, if they know something about you that makes you vulnerable, they like that shit. Yeah. They like to capitalize they, it. They take advantage of that. Yeah. And not, yeah, not necessarily calling that person who outed you. <laughs> Or didn't back you a bully, but like I'm saying that Oh, she's a bully. You can call her a bully. <laughs> she I call her she some just other wanted names to make too, you but, look bad. <laughs> but we'll not say that yeah. on the podcast. And the snacks are so important to me and I have a snack solution. And everyone's like, D 
dude, chill without this. <laughs> okay. Anyways, bullies. So yeah, we're like extra sensitive. Don't you think bullies notice that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They kind of like, you become that target that they can prey upon. Yeah. Have you ever been bullied? Yeah. Such a sensitive question to yeah, ask. I feel like really you have. Yeah. Me too. Yeah. I was, I was bullied all the time growing up and, um, yeah. and I feel like even at, even at work. Um, and it was, I think, like you said at the beginning, like sometimes we're a target because, I mean, at least for me, I was mm-hmm. outspoken. Oh, yeah. I would not be afraid to speak up when I felt something is was wrong or not yeah. going the way I thought it was going or I'd come up with new ideas and innovative solutions. Yeah. So sometimes that would be um, kind of like- seen as 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 a a challenge or as intimidating a threat a threat or they're like what a dweeb what a gunner have you Mm -hmm. heard that word gunner yeah or people would say oh this person's arrogant or oh yeah so i don't know this hasn't really been confirmed but reminds me some people some neurotypicals they see our um different way of being and it really is just like a different way of like assessing information being and whatever and they see that as a threat Mm-hmm. Because they see that we don't necessarily submit to the same hierarchy. We don't respect authority because they're authority. We respect authority. Maybe this is just me, but <laughs> like we respect authority when they're capable leaders who have taken on like humbly and like ha- admirably do their best. And you mm-hmm. can see the authenticity in a leader. Um, whereas other people are just like, they're the boss. I must suck up to them now. But then, like bosses, so some leaders, some leaders, they'll see my different way of being, and they'll instantly like me. They'll be like, "Oh man, we got a somebody who's really willing to work hard." Like they're not necessarily going to be um, relying on politics to um, climb the ladder. They're going to actually be working hard, Mm. and they can see that that in me. And so they're like, "This is one of my best workers." Like they're really proud of the work I've done. They're really proud of like the help I've been willing to like enthusiastically jump into but then other leaders like there's the leaders that are um you know new to leadership and they're insecure insecure. (laughs) yeah yeah, they have imposter syndrome or whatever the case they will see that like you know excited enthusiasm and that they'll see all of that stuff as a threat and they'll just like actually dislike you. They're like, mm. think that you're coming out for their job. Have you experienced that? Yes. I absolutely have. And somebody was commenting on about this. Pretty much everywhere I've worked. Yeah. And it is weird how, and I've told people this before where I'm like, I don't know why I have a polarizing effect on people. People are like, interesting. And they're like, why do you think that is? And I'm like, don't know. But now I know that a lot of ADHDers have that polarizing effect on leadership, especially. Yeah. But you just know, like when you meet somebody and you can just tell they don't like you. (laughs) Mm -hmm. But I think... We do things differently. We do things differently and that's either appreciated. They can see, oh, cool, this person is innovative. Like they're going to help me. I'm innovative too. Or they're like, this person is going to be a threat to me because I want to keep everything the same. (laughs) Mm-hmm. yeah the status quo people, yeah it's a threat even to yeah. change something right yeah. even if you're right they know you're right yeah like i mean i remember one workplace i was in i wanted to change the way we reserve the conference room because they would say it would always be busy and they didn't have any reserving system like nothing, nothing formal you just like mm-hmm. put some sign on the door and it's like well if you have a client you need to use this conference room and we only had one conference room it's like well how do i schedule my client to come in use this conference room 
if I don't know if it's already going to be used by the time they get there. There absolutely should have been a system in place and already. I, so I suggested <laughs> this system. I'm like, okay, let's have like a Google calendar that we all share around and we all mark the times, you know, when we're reserving it so everyone would yeah. know, could check that. But it was a threat because my supervisor, other people were like, we don't need that. We I don't, don't want to no. do that. That seems it, like more work for me. The sign on the door is working just fine. <laughs> the sign on the door really wasn't working fine? <laughs> no. It was horrible because we'd have to like, we'd have, oh, sorry, we can't do that uh, conference day. We'll have to do it next time and hopefully it'll be open then. And Well, okay, here's the thing. What you're kind of reminding me of is our like need to innovate because I've been in a similar situation. I mm -hmm. think it's under, I think we just need to understand that other people don't share that passion. A lot of people, the neurotypicals, they do not like change. It is rare that people like change like us. Mm -hmm. So I think, uh, one way we can use that to our advantage is getting on, if you're in a bigger company like the Scrum team, have you ever heard of that? Mm -hmm. So you could be like a Scrum master. <laughs> and the Scrum team is like, what they do is they meet all the time and they come up with like system, ways to better the system, ways to make things more effective and implement new strategies. And I just think that like, so <laughs> if you're struggling with like focus or you're struggling with you know, retaining information or needing people to repeat things for you, whatever, people are going to let that go when they see how capable you are and how well you're doing in like a scrum position. Um, yeah. Because they're going to see you're compensating, you know? So, so I think that brings up a good point that if you want, if you want your ADHD to shine in the workplace, you have to make yourself invaluable mm -hmm. in some way. And I think by innovating, being creative, problem solver, yeah. If you do it the right way. I mean, I don't think I always did it the right way. Sometimes I was too. Yeah. I, but we uh, learn. You're learning. Yeah. I was, I was, I'm like too honest in some ways. Yes. And yeah. I feel like you have to play the game a little bit to mm -hmm. still get your way. And sometimes you have to tone it down. Yeah. And it's find a, out yeah. the best way to deliver that message. Mm -hmm. And it's, it may have nothing to do with the message itself. It's just how you say it. Yes. And and I've, I'm too direct oftentimes. Yeah. So that's something I've had to really work on. Me too. And I've been called like uh, disrespectful for being direct about mm -hmm. some of my thoughts, especially as a woman. Yeah. They're I think like, it's, yeah, it's, it's much so harder. threatening. Um, but it's interesting what you just said, because you said like, you kind of have to be like over the top. Mm -hmm. And that reminds me that there is that, um, study that was like oh and i cannot cite it because i can't remember but i'm still going to tell you guys <laughs> women have to be two and a half times more competent at work to be considered equal to men mm. yikes but i, I honestly if you have adhd and you're a woman then i would i would suggest going the scrum route or going the route of um you know be all over those higher education things or whatever, use the, use our innovative and our learning and our um, enthusiasm to our advantage in the, in those situations. But yeah, I would say that like, it's kind of similar in this situation because it's like, you have some things that um, you're going to need to compensate for, which you've been doing your whole life. So you're prepared for it. <laughs> yeah. What about the learning curve? Well, let's talk, we can, let's do that as a, as a follow-up. Uh, oh, we'll do that another episode. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, because I think we ADHDers have a different kind of learning curve oftentimes at, mm -hmm. at the job. And so we'll talk more about how that plays out, yeah. how we learn things and how much time we need and, you know, how we learn different, all those kind of things. But um, 
I think for today, maybe I think we've pretty much covered most of the things, right? Yeah. Can we jump back? I, I feel like we were inconclusive about bullies. Can we jump back for some like good strategies to deal with them at yes. work? Yes. Because I think the reason why that becomes a problem for us is our rejection sensitive dysphoria. If you guys don't know what that is, it's, uh, it's about 95% of ADHDers struggle with it, but it's this overwhelming sensitivity and, um, to rejection. And it's even like perceiving some things as rejection that are just like a straight up joke or like <laughs> an innocuous question. Mm -hmm. um, but yeah, it's, it's because uh, children with ADHD are corrected something like 600,000 times more by the age of 12. Yeah. So we, we are used we to bring rejection. that one up in another episode. Yes. Yeah, so we'll do another episode on RSD for sure. But anyways, that sensitivity bullies see it and it's like a target like it's like scanning me 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 and then yeah. they see it and they're like whoa let's just go and, and how you react to it right it's the reaction yeah so um yeah what do so, what what's a better way to react there's like um you kind of try to act like it doesn't bother you you kind of have to act like you're not act like it doesn't affect you yeah like you're you can act like you're impervious to the bullying itself or you can even make a joke out of it or say the opposite thing like yeah. like oh thank you yes like yeah. if they say something or like they say something rude to you or offhanded you can just be like thanks like kind of like let it brush off of you yeah because uh, the more you get upset and react to it the more it'll happen the more they feel like you're vulnerable and, and weak in that sense yeah and they'll probably do it more. So if you can show that you're not bothered by it and it's not an issue, you can just laugh it off, then usually they stop mm -hmm. or ignore it. Yeah, absolutely. And the trick I used to use when, you know, training kids with autism to like uh, stop doing distracting things in class, it's like when they're doing that thing, that, that behavior you don't like, then you just turn your back. <laughs> turn your back away from them and that was super effective to get kids to stop doing things because it's like if the reason they're doing it is for attention cut that attention away mm. so like somebody keeps saying rude comments or making jokes in your expense you just give yeah you literally just give everyone else in the room really high attention you're just like talk to the hand <laughs> literally talk to the hand um you can do that with your physical body or you can just do it with your like words and expression and and they'll begin to be jealous of the people who are getting this like oh my god Susie Susie did you get a haircut you know and you're just like immediately after this person says something rude to you and now you're bonding with Susie and they are not a part of it <laughs> but I think yeah it's just like diverting your attention somewhere else um it's kind of a good way to I like that you said like take a fake mocking compliment as at face value mm -hmm. like actually accept the compliment because it's like assuming the best of people is a really good look mm -hmm. you know you're just assuming positive intent of all your coworkers, even if you have a really good feeling that <laughs> it was meant to be a malicious um it cannot be malicious if you assume it to be positive <laughs> yeah. nice skirt <laughs> thank you Thanks. See? <laughs> I, that is so sweet of you. I wasn't sure when I put it on, but I just, yes, thanks. <laughs> um, 
But anyways, yeah, there's that. And then there's, um, oh yeah, laughing along. They mm-hmm. make a joke. You just like laugh along with it. Have a great time with it. Yeah, laugh at yourself. Yeah. Because, yeah, if you can laugh at yourself and not take it seriously, it'll take the fire out of it. Like if you get all upset about it or you're like, ha, good one. Yeah, okay. Or mm-hmm. you say something back, you know, just kind of, have this banter back and forth and not take it too seriously. I think yeah. sometimes ADHDers yes. have a tendency to to pick up on that negativity mm-hmm. and then take it really personally, yep. personalize it. Yeah, for sure. I like that. I think those that's a good way to end that bullying thing. And I think that like moving forward, um, what we've talked about kind of, which is that people, you got to sort of address some things head on. You know, like you got to say maybe like acknowledge if somebody's noticing your mistake acknowledge that mistake like yeah i i've been showing up late uh, i just want to let you know how i've addressed that you know and then just make that change because the thing is in the workplace or anywhere else a mistake is exactly that it's a miss take and you get another take like in acting you mm, know you get a couple more like takes that. yeah so it's really how you recover that that counts and i think like each kind of thing you get to show your character. You get to show you're a strong person who is capable of having another take and doing it better next time, you know? So I think Heck yeah. coming at it with a good attitude Yeah. and other people <laughs> um, are making up stories about you and that might make you sad, but just remember you might be making up stories about yourself and your workplace that are making you sad too. So make sure you're like checking in with other people if you're feeling like um, some type of way, cause it might not be about you. It might be your sensitivity. Mm-hmm. You're not wearing that, a label that says ADHD at work. So, yeah. So whether you come out, you choose to come out at work <laughs> or you don't, it's a personal question and yeah. it's about your identity. Yeah. But I hope we gave you some good pointers and tips and at least some things to think about mm-hmm. when you're making that to choice. To make that decision. Yes. Mm-hmm. And I hope more of you come out uh-huh. because we like you. Oh my gosh. We think you're you're awesome. We want you all to be our friends. Can you come over? (laughs) Or if you're like Abby and you don't want to, you don't want to come out, that's okay. Yeah. Hopefully you've taken away some strategies today that is going to help you negotiate that difficult situation. Mm-hmm. All right, y'all. Thanks for listening. Thanks so much for don't tuning in. To like us, subscribe, follow us, YouTube, <laughs> iTunes, and uh, attentiondifferent.org. Yep. And so join the community. <laughs> and so, as a final last wish, whether you're in the closet or not, we accept you as you are. Bye. This, this bundle <laughs> of cords. We accept you. We accept you as you are today. I thought you were going to present this. <laughs> this is my fidget, you guys. <laughs> okay. <clears throat> so that's a wrap. That's a wrap. Bye. Bye. You see what I mean? You got to be crazy. Too late to be sane. You got to go full tilt, full room. Because you're only given a little spark of that. We are If you lose that, you're not attention. Pay attention.